All right. So are we ready to start up? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David, a little hoarser. Or should I say that I'm Rob? No more. (laughs) Because this episode is maximal. No more. Dun, dun, dun. episode really impressed me with basically doing the sort of thing that's normally some kind of fake out in most shows. Yeah. Yes. Even this show. We got one yeah. season one with Rat Trap. We've had yeah. that. And then kind of another one where somebody was shot with a ray that made them evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, that's a different thing entirely. Everybody knows that's different. <laughs> Everybody knows... Yeah, it's easier to forgive when you've been shot by a ray. It happens all the time on Cybertron. Yep. Sure, all sorts of rays that make you do stuff. Oh, oh, is that a thing that comes up? Like, non-consensual rays? That has to be a thing. I mean, you know, you're getting shot with rays. Generally, you don't want to be shot with rays. Unless yeah, what, you're going to, uh, you know, a tanning salon. Yeah, what does what Magnus's codebook say about that? Probably many, many things. Mm. Probably don't do it. <laughs> if in doubt, do not do it. The Prowl version says don't. <laughs> don't. Prowl has probably nonetheless done it many times. Oh, yeah. I think he's done it on panel. Yeah, that's true. He is all about non-consensually doing things, including, you know, being part of Devastator. Yeah, it's not cool, man. It's not cool. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, we, we open in the Maximal Base, and specifically in Dinobot's quarters, which I don't think we've seen before. Uh, no, we have... We open on the Predacon base. Oh, right, right. You did? Oh. Well, on, but it turns out it's just the Predacon base on the computer. Oh, right. Yes. Yep. Dinobot's working on his laptop. Yes. That's a really cool effect, making it look nice and computery in a way that is super easy to do based on the fact that they're doing computer graphics, but it's a really nice change from just normal, actual rendered computer graphics for very little effort. Yeah. I give them a small round of applause for... Yeah, it was cute. They just rendered it to the mesh wire meshes and stuff. Yep, it was pretty cool. And and we finally get to see the skin of the clone Dinobot 8 hanging on his wall. Yes, he kept it, and it probably smells bad. (laughs) He could have cured it. Yeah, there's tanning techniques. It's stretched out on bones or something. Yeah. He's not the type to leave anything that would actually smell rotten after spoiling on that thing. He yeah. ate everything that was edible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's checking out the, the Predacon base and the little installations they built around that follow the map that's on the golden disk, which happens to be the map of the solar system of Earth. Yes. So he he definitely knows now that Megatron has been following the plans on the Golden Disk, and they're on Earth. Well, you already have yes. Earth, but... And, of course, it's here that we should point out, in case we haven't mentioned it previously, the last time the Golden Disks were important, at, like, the beginning of the first season, uh, this is the Sounds of Earth uh, yeah. Golden Record that was on the Voyager probe. Yeah, I think it 
I don't I think, think we the see... first episode where that's obvious. Though. Yeah, I don't think we. Yeah, I think the back if you the... like freeze frame it. You can see sounds of Earth on it in the pilot. Oh, maybe, but uh-huh. it's really but like, clear when this we is see the first it. time that it's really obvious that it's sounds of Earth for people yeah. who know what sounds of Earth looks like. Yes, it's a golden disc. It's a record. It says sounds of Earth on one side. I would like to point out that. Okay, I, I assume this is still the case, but as of at least a while back. Uh, you could see a copy of it in the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Ooh. I would be shocked if you couldn't still. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it was like probably at least a decade and a half ago since I've been to the the main one, like on the mall versus the one out near Dulles, which is where they were in whichever that stupid movie was with Jetfire. <laughs> whichever one that was. That is uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. I've been to that one. Anyway, I just wanted to bring up that stupid movie. <laughs> I don't think that one has the golden disc, though. Uh, no. I guess because at that point, the Transformers knew about Earth long before uh, the Carter administration when the Voyager probe was launched. Well, I'm yeah. I'm also thinking just in real life. That well, they yes. didn't move their cup. This I don't think the Smithsonian moved their copy of it to the Dulles Annex <laughs> after the Dulles uh, Annex opened. No. So yeah. Anyway, this this is a record for those of us who weren't around in 1977, which I think is pretty much everybody here. Um, speaking okay, of been, okay for the young people been here, one year short of being born. <laughs> what 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 month was it sent out? Uh, no, actually, if it was sent out anywhere after the end of January, yeah, I was there. Okay, so yeah, it, yeah, uh, the, both uh, the, both Voyager One and Voyager Two were launched into the, you know, to pass through the solar system and then eventually outside of it, and they both had a golden record placed on them with sounds of Earth, and so you know, there's a bunch of music, you know, diagram of the solar system, a message from Jimmy Carter, a bunch of animal noises, some weird music. Weird music. Well, yeah, let's see. The uh, featuring such artists as Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, Stravinsky, Guan Pingu, Blind Willie Johnson, Chuck Berry, uh, Kesarbe Kakar, and Valia Balkanska. Yeah, and there's also like ambient sounds of animals and wolf howls. It, bits of it sound kind of like more like a horror soundtrack than a welcoming soundtrack. Oh. And I think the Beatles asked too much of anything of theirs on there. Jerks. Oh. Yeah, this this was all suggested by, of course, uh, beloved Cosmos host uh, Carl Sagan. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, billions and billions of stars. And interestingly, Sagan was kind of in the... Con- he died around 97, I think. Or 96, 97. Yeah. Something like that. Like, there was a real Sagan revival going on. I remember they were showing uh, reruns of Cosmos at the time, and uh, that's when that Jodie Foster movie Contact came out. Oh, yeah, which is which also features the golden disc. No, okay, yes, until a point. You know what doesn't feature Beast Wars is the Wikipedia page. Yeah, that's right. The golden Voyager disc. Golden Disc has its own Wikipedia page. Of course. And there's a there is a segment segment where it uh, describes you know where it's in popular culture. So you've got you know Starman. Uh, but it's got the Without Warning, which is a 90s TV movie starring the mom from Malcolm in the Middle. It's got a Saturday Night Live segment, and it's Battlefield got Battlefield Earth. Earth. 
It, it, it does it, not have Beast Wars. Apparently, I swear it used to be on there. I think it, well, they seem to have trimmed their in popular culture thing, which Wikipedia likes to be picky and trim things down, but it's like, it references a little throwaway gag in a Saturday Night Live skit, and yet it does not mention a show that builds entire seasons around the golden disc. That's what right. what era of SNL are we talking about here? The original, the the seventy eight. Oh, so Bill Murray was right, making right jokes about it. I, I was gonna say if if this was in like the nineties, I would I would say that Beast Wars was more culturally relevant than nineties Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but no, th- this only has references. Oh wait, I guess the with that warning thing is the only thing in the nineties it mentions. Everything. Oh, there's else also an episode of Pinky and the Brain later. Yeah. Oh. But that's like one episode as opposed to. The entire show. Yeah. A show with a toy line. So why implore our listeners, go on the Wikipedia and put Beast Wars back in there. Yeah. Where it belongs. For those of you who are less wary of going in and poking about with Wikipedia than us. Yeah. Yes. We we stick to the Transformers wiki. TF wiki. Yeah, someplace where the politics involved isn't going to make us want to drink. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well... Not heavily, at least. Yeah, well, occasionally a few interlopers. Listen, for the TF, we need a little lubrication, whereas <laughs> Wikipedia, I'm getting blackout drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, Dinobot is in his room looking at this and notes that even without the golden disc, his uh, Megatron's plan is proceeding. Yeah. And thus he is wondering, you know, if... What will happen to him if Megatron succeeds? Is he willing to betray his, his Predacon heritage? And what loyalty does he owe to these transmetal Maximals, which is weird that he specifies that. Yeah, that's, did were you more or less loyal to them when they weren't transmetals? I'm guessing there's some that? sort of Hasbro mandate here. you got to put the word transmetal <laughs> in this episode somewhere. Yeah. Maybe they just have to put the word transmetal in each episode at least once and yeah. also yes. Fusor. Possibly. And Fusor's Although, in this one a bunch of times. Yeah. Statistically speaking, saying these transmetal maximals is leaving out half of the faction and not including Dinobot. Well, yeah. It, 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 well, it, in the base, it just means, okay, I can't trust these guys, except maybe Rhinox. And, you know, he really can trust Rhinox. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Everybody can Rhinox, trust Rhinox. He's the most trustworthy guy. And he was a Predacon, too. It works out. Yeah. An Thanks to an evil ray. Well, yes. Which we discussed last time, but... <laughs> so, yeah, so... Primal's got a mission for him, so hey, it's go time. Time to put all these concerns aside. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, this mission involves him uh, riding Rat Trap. <laughs> so good. So I, almost good. Think, I almost think they scaled Rat Trap smaller than last time. Dino he did for the opening so shot, yeah. Huge. Just the ride of shame again. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. He's just so... I mean, seriously, you, you have to think, if he wasn't thinking of going back to the Predacons before that, he definitely is. That, that would do it. Yeah, especially after Rat Trap makes a comment about him getting getting off on being in command. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, he is in charge, but it's just a reconnaissance mission. You know, there's no... It's not the Great War Three. <laughs> no, which, what were the... Is that like Generation 1 and then Generation 2? Maybe. Maybe. 
I was actually going to ask that, and that sounds like a plausible yeah, explanation as anything. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you know, the Second Great War, when everybody had big missile launchers and uh, was brightly colored. Yeah, that was my favorite Great War. Yeah. You know, say what you will about the uh, the Decepticons of that era, but their Gatlin guns were ill They were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it it's... The illest Gatlin guns of any, of Cybertronian history. So it's it's Rat Trap and Dinobot going out to explore something, and the, he also has Silverbolt scouting around, too, and Wasp... Well, he's the one who can fly, and Dinobot's not riding him. Yeah, and Waspinator shows up later, so that this a lot of this episode is Scott McNeil talking to himself more than yes. usual. Yeah, this, has the, this has the full McNeil, as they say. Yeah, yes. yeah. everyone else has started of guest starring in this episode. Well, I mean, David K also kind of has a starting role. Yeah. Anyway, yeah but you really so, could have done this episode with just the two of them. Pretty yeah. much. It's good. It's good stuff. All right. So just as just as they're sort of getting comfortable here, uh, Inferno comes bursting out of the ground. In the, we get some nice Inferno Beast Mode action hey, here. It's an ant lion trap. I like that yes. he's bursting out of the ground like an ant. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the comedic timing on that is so great. As ants yes. are known rat, to do. Rat Trap is whining that this would be a great place for an ambush. Dinobot yells at Rat Trap for talking too much, and he gets interrupted by the ambush. Yes, yes. the ant bush. Yes. Oh. <laughs> He's an ambush bug. Yes. So there's there's a fight. Uh, Quick Strike shows up. Yeah, Quick Strike shows up with a rattlesnake sound. It's like, how did he make that sound? He has no tail. With yeah. a also, he's not a rattlesnake. Yeah. He's a cobra. He's a cobra? He's, he's, Which he's, then led me to this whole, like, sudden concern about how he's all, like, you know, Western-themed because he's a scorpion and a snake, except the American West doesn't have cobras. <laughs> okay. and then no, I mean, geographically, he really should be a rattlesnake, but cobras have cooler heads. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. But maybe it's a non-diegetic sound, but it, it seems yeah, like it's, it's a noise he made because Rat Trap turns around at that sound. I took uh, it as a non-diegetic could only belong sound to one because man. it's a duel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a very obvious gunslinger duel between Rat Trap. Rat Trap even puts the gun back on his hip like he's giving up before sh- pulling it out and shooting Quick Strike twice. Oh, it's so fun. The animators yeah. were just enjoying the hell out of themselves here. Yeah. Like, whenever Quick Strike shows up, there's got to be a gunfight. Yes. And also, uh, Quick Strike refers to Rat Trap as a hot pistol, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Rat Trap shooting him off the cliff and having Quick Strike hold onto the cliff by his snake arm before slipping to his temporary Non-doom. embarrassment. Yeah. By his snake mouth, functionally, because his, just, <laughs> yeah. his fangs are. It's just like his upper jaw. In the ground. It's. Yes, oh, he has eaten so much dirt. Yes. It's good. Some good stuff. And then Silverbolt uh, swoops in to help. Yeah, Silverbolt is swooping in to help, but uh, he's embarrassingly ambushed by Waspinator. Yep. Aw, that's just sad. And then Inferno runs out of ammo. Dinobot whips out the uh, spinny blade thing and his sword and is about to attack Inferno when he gets hit by a collapsing Silverbolt. (laughs) Yeah, Waspinator shoots Silverbolt into Dinobot. McNeil's hitting McNeil's. Yes. Poor Scott. Scott McNeil's everywhere. (laughs) And uh, 
because of Retro's vehicle mode that you even have McNeils on wheels. <laughs> oh, oh, but um, we go out to a commercial break on Waspinator declaring he doesn't serve Waspinator rules, Waspinator. which so normally bad. is kind of out of character, but he did just. 360 no scope the jet fighter into another player, so I think he deserves to include that on his esports yep. highlight reel. Oh yeah, another moment of Waspinator's great. So great. This is going on the resume. Yes. Uh, and, and then they have to drag the Maximals back, and nobody wants to help Waspinator. Nope. <laughs> because Silverbolt is heavy. He is two animals worth of heavy. Now, last episode, though, yeah. Waspinator was carrying that big, like, pylon. He was like, really struggling, though. Yeah. Yeah. He and needs some there. So would be light, because he, he'd have, like, hollow bones. Although, I mean, mm-hmm. he's also a robot, so. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he's just really been hitting the Malamars. It, there's a good line after Inferno drags away uh, Dinobot back to the Queen. The royalty... Quick Strike says Dat Bot sure does talk peculiar in his own oh, peculiar yeah. voice. <laughs> yes. yes. It's like, so good. S- silly voice talking about silly voice. Yes. And also, uh, you know, Inferno says that he'll take the traitor while Waspinator takes the fusor, but, you know, they're both traitors, Inferno. Yeah. yeah. And Waspinator. You know, Silverbolt was only a Predacon for like a day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I guess that. Doesn't quite he, count because it's around long enough for it to be tr- be a betrayal so much as just cold feet. But yeah. it, it feels more like just everyone knew that Silverbolt was not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. It was temporary advantage. And, oh, and Waspinator gives Quick Strike a new name, Two Head. Oh, yes. Two Head, help Waspinator. No, Quick Strike oh. is a dick here too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Well, I look like a pack bot to you, says the guy who was hauling a truck and asking the lady he wanted to impress to load more stuff onto it. So he could impress her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the difference here is that he doesn't want to have sex with Waspinator. <laughs> yeah, he's just not that into Waspinator. Aw, poor Waspinator. Nobody loves Waspinator. No. Except the writers and us. Yes. And although it turns out that Rat Trap kind of loves Waspinator. Oh, yeah, he does say, I love what that guy. I, lo- I love that guy. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, Rat Trap is, you know, he doesn't want Silverbolt to get taken prisoner, so he uh, tosses one of his uh, forearm gadgets out at Waspinator and does a hilarious quick strike impression, <laughs> telling him to look at it. Yes, and press a button on it. Yeah. Yes, oh, this is so the, good. the second time in two episodes that someone has done a quick strike impression. Yeah. I kind of wish this was a thing, and just every episode from here on in, one member of the cast did a quick strike impression. <laughs> it would be pretty great. It, it's, it's interesting that, that Rat Trap still has the trap doors on his arm, even though he's gotten a new body. I mean, he's still got most... He still has the same head. Yeah, basically. And the same gun. They're probably just different colors. Hmm. And also he calls... The impression is great. I I was laughing far harder than I should. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty good. It, it, it's Scott McNeil is just It's amazing. an impression on top of an impression because it's Scott doing the Rat Trap voice doing Quick Strike. So it's yes. still Rat Trap-y while being Quick Strike-y. It's so I mean, it impressive. To, it doesn't quite get to Orphan Black levels where he's impersonating another character while playing an, 
one of his own characters. <laughs> no, not quite. It's impressive doing a comedic impression of a character while in character. It just yes. Damn, Scott. Anyway, anyway, Damn. Yeah, anyway, th- this box is full of wacky gas, and Wasmere goes through various comical contortions before collapsing. Yeah. Very Chuck Jones. Yes. Yes. The music during this bit is great, too. Just kind of the whole twinkle to those rat traps sneaking around audio cues. Yes. And then this is the point where Rat Trap says, yeah, I love that guy. Yes. We do, too. <laughs> we all love that guy. Back at the Predacon base, things are not going so comically for Rat Trap, or for Dinobot, because he's in a cage, like an energy cage. Yeah. And Tarantulas is coming at him with a blowtorch or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like some sort of horrible cattle prod thing. It looks yeah. horrible. Yeah, it looks like an electricity uh, thing to me. But yeah, I thought he It was looks gonna... like a torture implement. That's the important thing. Yeah, I thought he was yes. going to set him on fire or something, but the way Megatron says it, it's like like he implied he wanted to shoot him with an injection to knock him out or something, but sedate it's him. Like robot truth serum? But it's a flamethrower looking thing. It's huge. It I mean, reminds it's, me it's of the... Uh, so it probably sets him on fire and also makes him tell the truth. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The truth is, I'm on fire! <laughs> <laughs> well, checks out. <laughs> I had in my notes that it was a stun stick, and it does kind of resemble those weird uh, destabilizer rods from Steven Universe. Huh. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, though. Oh. You know. Anyway, Dinobot has none of that and just starts kicking butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dinobot is getting a lot of the action in this episode, and it's great. Yes. Yeah, because he can single-handedly unarmed take out most of the Predacons by himself. Mm-hmm. And he takes out half of them, and, and then Megatron threatens him, and basically they start flirting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh this this is definitely feeding my at least one-sided Dinobot Megatron ship here. I think at the very least Megatron's got it pretty bad. <laughs> yes. I oh yeah. Ship it as a relationship, but David, you might want to cut this out or bleep it or something, but the phrase the most epic of hate fucks comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit like G1 Megatron and Starscream, only Dinobots not constantly trying to murder Megatron while they're on the same side, because they're on different sides, but it, it's this, they hate each other, but they, they like each other because of the hatred, kind of. It's I mean, less of a hurt comfort and more of a hurt torment. Yes. It, it, <laughs> enjoy torment. It's, it's It's great. It's really great. Though I... I, I like to believe that it's mostly just Megatron having just a one-sided crush. Yeah, I don't think Dinobot's into it. Yeah. yeah, I think... And he's kind of thinking about it in this episode. Yeah. He's thinking, you know, I've kind of got a good thing going, but... but... We worked pretty well together, me and me and him. Like, I'd take home and to the parents he, uh... and I'd have to explain stuff. <laughs> Yeah, this and as such, he tells uh, Megatron that, uh, you know, I'm ready to be a Predacon again. He yeah. kneels before Megatron. Oh, yeah. He gives him his sword. Well, rotate yes. blade. It's pretty epic. Yeah, he turns uh, traitor. Well, he turns traitor again, so he's a... Retraitor. Yes. Yeah, yeah he, he goes back because he left in the first place because he assumed that Megatron was on the wrong damn planet. 
Yeah. And it turns out, oh, right planet, yeah. Mm, maybe I screwed up. Which was why back at the beginning of the first episode, Dinobot threw the disc at Megatron. And he's yeah. mad about him. And Megatron is, is all, well, you know, I, I do have a raging Dinoboner over this, but I've seen this episode. <laughs> you might just be trying to bone me over and not in a good way. So... <laughs> We need Why some sort I of a predicon challenge. This is anything challenge. but a transparent attempt to save your own hide. Well, uh, yes. before that, there's a cutaway to Rat Trap hunting Dinobot and send Silverbolt to get Optimus or something. Rat Trap yep. calls Silverbolt Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> How old is Rat Trap? Yeah, I mean, that, that's an old reference for Earth. That's an old and reference. And Rat Trap is like 300 years in the future. That's a yeah. reference that's like two or three, about three times older than any of us. That's from like the... 20s. Yeah. And of course, I mean, we Rin didn't Tin get Tin would have been the self-aware joke Lassie made. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, no. Rin, yeah, oh, yeah, Rin Tin Tin was from World War One. Yeah, those were like silent movies. Yeah. Yeah, because... Rin Tin Tin, September 1918 to August 10th, 1932, was a male German shepherd rescued from a World War One battlefield. Yeah, that episode wow. of Drunk History was on recently, or within the last few months. Oh. That dog is super dead. <laughs> super dead. Yeah. They've had they've had other German shepherds that they gave the name, but mm. yeah. Yeah, he almost won the the very first what was it Academy Awards or Oscars or something. He <laughs> would have been the very first best actor. <laughs> I want to live in that universe just to see the Ego of best actor winners taken down a peg. No, yeah. that, that's that's the thing that, that actors had actually written in saying they wanted him to win, but then the board said, no, it has to be a person. So they threw Where out the we... votes. That's a dog. Come oh, on, guys. Cool. And obviously they must have relaxed those rules because they let Sean Penn win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's, yeah, whatever. It's just not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, they so, split Ben Affleck win too, but in his defense, he was the bomb in Phantoms. That's true. <laughs> no! Phantoms was so bad. But he was the bomb in it. That's I right. get I'm sorry, I don't know why I love that Kevin Smith joke so much. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's clearly the best giant worm movie in both his and Peter O'Toole's career. Yeah, that's fair enough. Also, this is now the second consecutive episode in which we've discussed giant worm movies. <laughs> Wait. So join us next time when we discuss Other Voices Part 1 and Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love Tremors, though. Yeah, Tremors. There's a Tremors movie, so that takes us out to the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And then Beetlejuice? Why are there so many giant worm <laughs> movies? Because giant, giant worms are a basic thing because of snakes. People don't yes. like snakes. Bigger snake is a worm, is essentially a dragon. Myths about giant worms. There's, there's giant killer worm cryptids supposedly in Mongolia and stuff. Oh, right, the which, Mongolian death worm. Which is complete bullshit, because it's it's supposed to, like, spit blood out of its eyes or some shit. It's like, and they don't have eyes. They don't know what. <laughs> there aren't even any kind of worms there in the desert. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Giant worms, they'll come up again. They probably will. All right, so, yeah, they decide that uh, to prove his loyalty, he will fight Quickstrike, who is goaded into it uh, by Black Arachnia. Yay, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, does she specifically just want to watch him get beat up? And if so, can you blame her? No, I can't blame her no. whatsoever. 
Although Megatron yeah. seems to agree with this because the first suggestion was Tarantula's going, I could look into his mind. <laughs> and Megatron was just, no. No. Absolutely no, not. That's crazy. Listen, listen, I'm Megatron, but we have standards here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running a non-creepy organization. Yeah. So yeah, this seems like a weird challenge because isn't fighting Mac isn't fighting Predacons kind of what he does all the time anyway as a maximal? Yeah, yeah, I think maybe I they just wanted to watch Quick Strike get beat up. <laughs> this is yeah. possible. He's been doing that cowboy accent for weeks now, <laughs> and it's killing us. Yeah, I have another I... thing, but I'll talk about it after the fight. And so they bring him out to like the desert or something, and they have a fight, and it's a good fight. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, and also I have to mention here that uh, Dinobot actually says Maximal no more. Oh, yes, we did get a title drop. We don't get the episode title drop that frequently. And then later we get a show title drop. Yes. We love this. So we get both an episode and a show title drop. (laughs) Yeah, they they take him out to the desert and there's a fight and it is – it's a really good fight. It is, and it's set to like a – Rock cover of the Amok Time theme. Yes. <laughs> Almost. It's not quite as good as Amok Time, but it's okay. It's clearly the inspiration. Yes. And since it's clearly the inspiration and you can't improve on perfection, it's <laughs> no. not quite as good, but it's so good anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's basically that fight, only uh, one of the guys has his firing gun arm. Well, snakehead arm. That shoots the spiders! Because Dinobot ducks. Yep. Maybe you should have made him fight in a pit or a cage or something. Yep. Although, to be fair, I think Megatron wanted to see them get blasted, too. Yeah, but you'd think Tarantulas would be smart enough to not stand in firing range. Honestly, no, I don't think he's that smart. Well, maybe. (laughs) Black Rack. We also get a new nickname from Quickstrike. To him, Dinobot is Fossil Face. <laughs> you know, as you do. Oh, and and while they're having this fight, Megatron still has the rotate blade Dinobot gave him, but now he's in dinosaur mode. So you have this mechanical T-Rex holding the rotate blade. It's kind of cute. It's pretty good. Yes, and he is enjoying this fight a lot. He he <laughs> likes seeing Dinobot sweat a little. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, kind of it's kind of you know a decadent Roman emperor vibe here. Oh yeah, the. Ground wrestling sequence is kind of great with the quick strike jumping onto Dinobot in beast mode and like they roll around, quick strike winds up on top, Dinobot is kind of like ready to go at him but quick strike dodges out of the way and then goes at him with the tail. Dinobot dodges, goes in for a chomp on the tail that missed and then gets a good throw on quick strike over into the corner and then they go straight into a Dragon Ball energy beam fight. Yes, a good old fashioned BMO war. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Which Dinobot starts to lose, but then he just walks closer. Yes, and so the the middle energy ball in the middle gets right up to Quick Strike, knocks him away, and then Dinobot just charbroils him with his eye beams. Vicious. It's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, so Megatron tosses in the sword and says, you know, finish him. Uh, which is a terrible idea, Megatron, because you only have so many guys. Yeah. yeah. This you're is getting actually a new what guy I, here. Yeah. But, yeah. 
this might be the actual test part of it. Yeah, that was my theory. The yeah, if he was not actually coming back for real, he would totally just run him through because that's a win. Yes, but, but he, he said, spares him because Dinobot says no. He's a good enough warrior. You can train him to be better. Yes. I can train him to be better. And I, I, you know, I, I do like the the idea of Dinobot as sort of being the the best fighter amongst the uh, the Predacons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. He's he's already Wolverine colored. This is true. <laughs> Actually, he's a combination of all the Wolverine outfits: the browns, the yellow, the blue. Except for the black, there's no black, but that's a later outfits anyway. So now, uh, now and also, Wolverine I, has been voiced by Scott McNeil. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's important to note. I think it kind of is just his Dinobot voice, too. A little bit. Not 100%, but definitely. It's a little closer to his actual voice. Okay. Yeah, a little bit more. quite as strained. And I think this is the point where we should discuss that Dinobot is, unlike Rat Trap in Double Jeopardy, he's not faking. No. 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 It's hard. As the viewer, you're not sure at the beginning, but by this point, it's like, oh, wait, yeah, he actually is betraying. Yeah. He's a Predacon again. Okay. Yeah, it's... Definitely something you don't see very often in in shows that go with this sort of, you know, event that it's actually, you know, he's actually doing it. Well, yeah. did, did Armada Starscream ever go back to being a Decepticon? In Underdog, uh, he did. He had, like, brainwashed yeah. into it. Oh, so sort of. Yeah, that was sad. Yes. Sad, man. Sad. I mean, and it's certainly unusual for a heroic character to legitimately you oh, know, be yeah. tempted and to oh, join the absolutely. villains. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, he didn't stay that way for any significant period of time, but it's still, you know, unusual. Yes. Still kind of unheard of. It's a very unique emotional arc for an episode. Yeah. It's mm. rarely heard of, at the very least. Because he, he's a combination of two basic characters, the noble character... Who usually start usually is a good guy, and the traitor who was a bad guy but becomes a good guy. Mm-hmm. Putting them together makes him more complex. <sighs> Character complexity in a Transformers cartoon? Yeah, shocking. Freeziness. And um, so you know now 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 the uh, prerequisite action scene has been completed. Uh, it's time for Megatron to ask for what he really wants. Well, for the one thing that he really wants, uh, which <laughs> is. The golden discs. Give him what he wants. Oh, really, really wants. Megatron sending everyone else away, and then having Inferno respond, yes, my queen, and then Dinobot needling him about it. Oh, yeah, just that, that wonderful. Is wonderful. Oh, that, was, yeah. that was great. <laughs> I was not aware you had given yourself a new title. Oh, yeah, and they actually get a lot of facial expressions out of the new Megatron beast mode face. Oh, yeah, he's actually this entire bit in beast mode. He rolls his eyes, and he doesn't actually have eyeballs in that scene. (laughs) Really good. Yeah, he he wants the golden disc. Dinobot tells him, well, you know, I gave the uh, the alien disc to uh, to Rhinox, so you're not getting that one back this episode. (laughs) But the other one, I just put it under a rock. Yeah, I, I buried it. We'll go get it in the morning. No, we'll go get it now. Yeah, well. Okay. And then Megatron airlifts Dinobot to it in V2L mode. It's yeah. it's like a Jager getting dropped off in Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. 
Or it's like Megatron's giving him a magic carpet ride. <laughs> I mean, it's slightly more dignified than riding around on Rat Trap, but not much else. Yeah, well, because the scale is better. Yes. This Megatron's a little bigger. It's my favorite underused trope in Transformers. Transformers riding other Transformers. Yes. yes. When it happens, though, it's magic. Which, considering that this is this is a series about animal modes, this hap- it happens a lot in this series. Well, it happens a lot this season. Well, no, even the first, vehicle that happens even more this season, but Rhinox was the maximal taxi last yeah. season. I guess that's true. There's... Every other episode, somebody was riding Rhinox. And, and then uh, people were riding Optimus Jetpack mode, too. Yes. And Air Razor was getting schlepped around. <laughs> yeah. So much carrying. It works. So, yeah, the uh, he's getting airlifted. Rattrap happens to see this and is somewhat surprised. And so he follows. So on this sort of dramatic mountain spot. Uh, yes, the Hamlet Mountain. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Hamlet. It's Mount Hamlet. Yes. It may actually be where modern-day Denmark is. Awesome. Who knows? <laughs> we we have no idea where it is in relation to anything else. No one says it's not. No one denies this. All right, so yeah, Donabot digs this thing out and you know thinks about it a little, hands it over to Megatron. We get a little internal monologue, which is weird. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's oh. hesitation in handing it over to him. This is where we clearly see on the back sounds of Earth. Yes. yes, and we also this is where get we into get it the most clearly. Yes. And, Dinab- and Dinobot at this point clearly knows what Megatron's plan is, but we as the audience do not. Yeah. Yes. Also, in a less plot-relevant note, Megatron's transmetal body apparently includes the slot-loading record player. <laughs> yeah, he's yes. in his back somewhere. Well, the, you got the fan blades. Maybe there's a. He's just such a hipster. And he like actually does become a record like player later torso. in the season. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. So anyway, yeah, he's uh, he hands us over, wonders if he is dooming his entire race, and uh, Megatron is not about to reward his loyalty here. Aww, he's Megatron. about to get hurt. Kind of, yeah, because even though Dinobot has done nothing wrong in in the test he's put him through, I'll just kill him anyway because he betrayed me the first time. Oh, yep. I got my disc back. Does kind of shoot a hole in that theory of yours, uh, Jen? Yeah, I guess. He betrayed me, and he just showed he's the one who might actually be able to beat me in a fight. Yeah. Or a political fight. Yeah. Alas. Well, yeah, that actually is a good point, because there was no way more than the arachnids are going to follow Tarantulas. Everybody else is an idiot. Dinobot is the only threat to his command. Yeah. So he That is go. true. Alas. But, but luckily, uh, Rattrap turns up. Yep. Yeah. So he, he saves him, but uh, his saving him is rewarded by getting shot by Dinobot. Oops. Yeah. Because well, Dinobot Megatron was ready to kill Dinobot, Dinobot didn't realize it. Yeah. Nope. And so Rattrap, who has not seen the rest of the episode, wonders if he just missed something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rattrap. And also, I, I must point out here that I, when we saw Rattrap earlier, we get a POV shot from him. And he has a little cheese icon. Yes, the, the cheese vision I missed that. I was waiting for the cheese vision I remembered that. It was it was so great. So great. The cheese vision I guess he lost the gray apple meter. Yes. 
unfortunately, the, uh, the the Planet Buster caused the uh, the extinction of the uh, the Gray Apple. Oh no! That's too sad. We shall never see its likes again. Alas. Oh, I'm sure it, he has seeds sitting in a corner of his room. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they're probably in Primal's room now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good oh, yeah. point. Primal probably threw them away when he took... Damn. Yeah. Oh. The apples are extinct. Anyway, Megatron gives Dino back his, back his rotate blade now and tells him to kill Rat Trap. Yeah, rotate this is the blade. real final test. Kill Rat yeah. Trap. Now that's a final test. Yeah, that, that's yeah. more like it's like, well, wait, he shot him. Maybe he is really totally loyal. I'll give him another shot, and Dinobot just witters about. For so the scene of Scott McNeil almost killing another Scott McNeil just goes on. on. <laughs> Dinobot <laughs> really has to think about this. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, because Rattrap has been. At the same time, the most antagonistic Maximal to him, and the one that talks to him the most. Yeah. So I mean, they, they're they're definitely bros at this point. Also, then we get into my other shipping theory. <laughs> my other ship. Yeah. And they animate and, uh, the heck out of him trying to make that choice. Yeah. Yes. And they, interestingly, Dinobot or Rattrap is not all you know. Hey, you know, you couldn't do this to me. He's just all. All right, come on. It's like, uh, thinking, Pred. it's like, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Christopherson in Blade. <laughs> Go ahead, put it in me. You're gonna kill me? I'll do, I'll do it, you pussy. Stick it in me, John about Kill me, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. eventually, Dinobot des- decides not to kill him. Oh, Dinobot, you tried. Oh, you tried to be a Predacon. Yep. Just. And. Instead, we get the last gasp of Jen's previous ship theory, as yes. Dinobot and Megatron cross swords. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dinobot yes. tells Megatron that his ambition has made him insane. No, not yet. It will destroy both Maximal and Predacon, and all those who came before. Yes. Yeah, this is, I mean, it, in here in the future, we know what actually is going on with all that, but... Yeah, we, you know, watching it for the first time, you'd have no idea what Megatron has in store. Yeah. Except yeah. that it's something, it's clearly something huge. Really huge. It, it, there it lends is, a lot of weight to it. I have to say that it didn't disappoint. Oh, yeah. No. no. No, it's it's bigger than what we could have thought of. Or at least what I would have thought of. It's impressive. It, it's I love beyond that they had... good. Beyond evil and beyond your wildest imagination. It is. It's all of that. Well, to be honest, I kind of thought that's where it was going. The, towards Unicron, not where it goes. I don't even I remember love... what my theories were. They were all blown away. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're long in the dust. I love that they had the bravery and the confidence to slow play this and not feel the need to explain it as it was happening here. Nope. Oh, yes. yeah. Just drop hints that something is going on, and it's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Like, get ready for the end of this season. It is going to be nuts. It's a one. It's the best. Anyways, uh, wait, did the other Maximals show up and show Well, you know, they, yeah. you know, they have their little sword fight, and, you know, with uh, Optimus and Silverbolt are coming, so Megatron's all, well, you know, he pieces out. Yeah. Fine. Then go back to the Maximals. If they'll suffer a traitor like you in their midst. <laughs> yes. Aww. Aww. 
And even Megatron. though Dinobot didn't kill Rat Trap there, Rat Trap still doesn't want him back. Well, because, I mean, he he came, he had to think about killing him an awful lot. Yeah, it, yeah. There, there's a moment when when Prime arrives and, and or Primal arrives and asks him what happened here, and Rat Trap really doesn't hesitate for long to tell him the truth. He tried to kill me. Yeah. And then they, they discuss giving Dinobot a second chance. And I, I like that Silverbolt's all like, I was a Predacon once and you gave me a chance. And I'm like, you were a Predacon for an hour, Silverbolt. Yeah, you were barely a Predacon, Silverbolt. Come on. You were the worst Predacon. <laughs> yeah, so, so it, it, it's a sort of three-way argument between Dinobot and the, the angel and the devil on his shoulder, Silverbolt and Rattrap. Yeah, and and I love that Rat Trap, Rat Trap's like you know how I feel about lizard breath. Like <laughs> we know how you feel, Rat Trap. Yeah, we, we do. But does Rat Trap say so? That finally gets them to say, okay, you can come back. Yeah, in the end, well, because Silverbolt's saying because the way that. Then it comes out, Rat Trap starts out sounding like he's actually firmly opposed to it, but then all the complaints that he levels against Dinobot are all these ridiculous and clearly not, you know, kick him out of the Maximals level things. Yes. Like He smells you know. bad, and it's gross when he eats. Yeah. Which, and, yeah. Wow, Rat Trap, we've seen you eat those gray apples. <laughs> yeah. And then Rat Trap's, I'm kind of used to the guy. Well, I, it might be because Dinobot is so down on himself at that point that, yes, he says, yes, I did betray you and stuff. Yeah. I, I he basically think says, because, yeah. I think it's ahead. because Rat Trap is being Sundere. <laughs> he's, just grown, he's just grown accustomed to his chopper face. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, he says it himself after he transforms back into vehicle mode to give Dinobot a ride. He misses his dino butt. That's all the shit evidence you need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's great the things you discover on a rewatching of something. Yeah. yeah. I want to give a little attention to Scott McNeil as Dinobot just kind of stepping off to the side and going, yeah, I totally betrayed you guys. I'm a Predacon. I'm tired of pretending to be a Maximal. It's not who I am. No, I didn't betray your honor. Predacons have different honor. I'm definitely a Predacon. But I'm still on your guys' side because really, to hell with Megatron. He's going to do a horrible thing. Yeah, he's, he he's got a horrible thing planned that uh, I'm going to explain to you later. Not right now, because it would take a while. No, This episode's almost pull... over, and we want it to be a surprise for the finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He tries to pull Optimus to the side and say, I really have to tell you about this, and Optimus is like, nah, we can do it back at the base. Nah, this also kind of needles him with, okay, fine, you're a Predacon, I still expect you to change your activation code back to maximize. Yes. Well, yeah, because... So, I, uh, already recorded the next episode. <laughs> I already noticed, I, I especially noticed in this episode, and it didn't really come out before... Optimus's flat pink eyes in Beast Mode are really weird. Well, yes, <laughs> they're they really unnerving. Yeah. It's the flat pink eyes on his new blue shiny head that it just shiny doesn't look. chrome head. It, it's shiny, but at the same time, it doesn't have that much definition. Weird. It's just got dead, dead eyes, yeah. especially as. 
you know, it's not like they haven't done robotic faces on the show, and they do tend to animate them really well, but he's yeah. just got these dead, flat, pink eyes. Yeah, and it worked. Like, Transmetal Megatron's new dino head works, but somehow Primal's monkey head doesn't work anymore. I feel like they're still filling out the kinks with it, because really, how much have we seen of Optimus in beast mode so far this season? Very he's not like little. the first three episodes. Did he's he come dead. back at the end of Aftermath or the end of the coming of the Fusors? End of coming of the Fusors. I mean, so he's been back yeah. for... And when, and when he comes in... He's been back for two episodes and he showed up in one scene last episode. And yeah. when he comes in in this episode, he is on his hoverboard. Yeah. He was, Yay, Surf Monkey. He wasn't even in monkey mode last episode, so we've only seen Surf Monkey twice. But this was yeah. the first long scene of him in monkey mode. Surf Monkey... That funky monkey. <laughs> it kind of doesn't work. The surfing part is cool. The face doesn't quite work. I, I'm either I'm not remembering it being this bad, or they fix it. Maybe, or he, my memory sucks. So it's probably the former. He might just spend less time in monkey mode. I yeah, I don't think we, from now on we don't see a lot of him in gorilla mode. Although there is a great bit with him in gorilla mode at the end of Agenda Part Two that we'll get to. Uh huh. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. There's a sudden betrayal, and he screams super... Like, his mouth gets gigantic. Oh, more <laughs> At the end of that episode. It's, it's yeah, great. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, Dinobot has to ride the Rat Trap Express. Uh, yeah. Down a flight of stairs. Downstairs. Yeah, even though these are stairs, you guys can both walk. Yeah, they, they should walk, yeah. to, but his punishment is riding Rat Trap back to base. Yeah, this is... And Rat this Trap is, is enjoying tenets. the hell out of it. Oddly, yeah. Oh, I don't think it's so odd. Well, no, I love I love Sundari Rat Trap. It's hard to tell if it's actually so much a friendship as a grudging respect for what each other do. It's not like I like you or anything, <laughs> Chopper Face. Yeah, yeah, he's his delivery is very Sundari. <laughs> they're the two roommates that hate each other because they're so much alike. Yes, kinda. And, uh, yeah, that about does it for Maximal No More, which, again, sets up basically Dinobot's character arc for the rest of the season. Yep. For the rest of the season. Well, it, it kind of reminds us of what Dinobot is for the rest of the season to come. Yes. Yeah. It's like, which and will make things more impactful. Yeah, that's... And this is a gorgeous episode, considering it's from, you know, a CG television series airing in 1997. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Animation it's, is Monkey face aside. Yeah. Looks great. The angles are great. The cinematography is really creative. The fight scenes are awesome. Toward the end, for the final dramatic sequence, they kind of go avant-garde on the lighting, and it really works, and just... I'm impressed. Yeah, well... It, it also, after the last episode, this is, like, genius work. Yeah, well, it also has the advantage that... It's aged better compared to other CG that showed up in the 90s because other CG that showed up in the 90s would be like stuff on Babylon 5 where you'd have a CG element in the rest of the normal show with people. Here, yeah. I still uh, don't think that looks good when you get like mecha anime that's got all the mecha done in CG and everyone else's, you know, hand designed and I just don't think it looks good. Yeah, they've only sort of figured that out now. 
Japan. I always had the problem of like everybody being floaty and not kind of moving right because yeah. they could make the stuff, but they couldn't animate it right. And mainframe has always kind of been the they were all. I don't know if we've had this discussion on the show before, but they were always kind of at the forefront of it. Yeah, like, the people at mainframe were the people who did like the money for nothing music video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's surprising how good it is considering we so rarely get shadows to ground characters. They still feel grounded even without shadows. Yes. I guess because they're better at avoiding moments of clipping most of the time. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know, compared to other CG, you know, cartoons of the time, you know, your Voltron, the third dimension. Oof. <laughs> that, that show is, I mean, back then it was unwatchable. I can't imagine going back to it now. No. Because th- that was like the quality you would get in a commercial. That's like 30, se- in 30 seconds long, it looks okay. If you stretch it out to 23 minutes, it looks so bad. It's not good. No. See, we were incredibly lucky as, you know, Transformers fans to get a show of this caliber. Indubitably so. Yeah. We yeah. still kind of haven't had a CG show as, well, I guess there's Prime, but. Prime I mean, really I thought, yeah. It was really so prime that I can't think of any other CG show that was competent enough looking. This is all CG anyway. There wasn't. There, there weren't people who'd done that much CG at this point. There were two companies that had done it. One of them was Pixar and the other one was Mainframe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was And they'd really... both been doing it about the same amount of time. Mainframe on lower budgets, but mm-hmm. ILM spinoff Pixar and the other guy's mainframe. Yeah, but yeah. mainframe was actually doing weekly shows. Well, yeah. reasonably weekly. I mean, I remember that the CG was like a huge selling point of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was it a big deal. Futuristic. It was you know, really the, the second the second show, and it was really neat that it got to be yeah. a Transformers show. We, we get robots drawn by computers. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Two years before uh, the show went on the air was the first time they used computers to color a 2D show. Wow. Huh. Oh, digital paint was... Oh. What, uh, what show was that? Spider-Man the Animated Series. Uh, Oof, yeah. Oh, ah. CG in that. Oh. There was CG oh. for the backgrounds in that, oh. but it was like just composite background shots of skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that bad it, CG. That has not bad. aged. No. It hasn't aged. I don't think it looked good at the time, but they used it in an area where they could get away with it. Yeah, yeah, like like that, the, the comp- compositing shots didn't look good. The angles were a little off, but the digital paint in that, ugh, that stands out really seriously now. It's it, it's so pixely in a way. It's bright and neon. Ugh. All right, so I think that should about uh, wrap up uh, Maximal No More. So, unfortunately, there's no more episode to talk about. Oh. Alas. Yes. So, but uh, we will be back next week, and until then, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at, at @stasispod, on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com, on f- and on Facebook at facebook.com/stasispod. And we are hosted on iaconunderground.net. And if you prefer, you can also get us on iTunes, and uh, while you're there, rate and review us. And of course, if you would like to uh, tell us about. Uh, your own experiences with 90s computer animated uh, kid vid or anything else. Maybe that time that you betrayed your boss by giving him alien artifacts in, that you hid 
You probably didn't actually do that. Or um, you've handled a golden disc at some time in your life. Yes. I was uh, behind a display case from the golden disc. It's kind of neat. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you steal it for uh, the glory of the Predacons? I discussed it with the friend I was there with. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you want to talk about that or any other Beast Wars topic, maybe even your erotic friend fiction. Yes, please. Please write it right into us at at, at uh, stasispodcast at gmail dot com. We maybe we'll read it on the air. Maybe we'll just roll down a staircase and moan in pain the entire time instead of reading it on the air. Yes, Actually, we'll read it on the air. Not. That sounds less painful. Yeah. Yes. So until next time, when we uh, get a visit from other visits, part one. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David on the Stasis Pod Forevermore. Because it's a dying and I'm wondering part. if that I'm wondering if that other V naming scheme means anything. Nah. <laughs> Maybe they should really love that show V. Maybe. Uh, I for I've forgotten like so much stuff about season two. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I remembered like big broad stroke stuff, but it's, it's pretty cool going through and watching it again. Honestly, it just I does have such that. a good job of setting everything up. That so good. I actually have no idea what the next really two episodes doesn't. are like. I do not remember them at all. I, I feel mean, like a... my my younger self was too busy being like judgmental of Black Arachnia's or dismissive of Black Arachnia's overt sexuality to appreciate her as a character. Yeah, but she grows so much. Although she yeah. does start out quite different from how I remember. Well, she starts out as a sexy lamp. Yeah. 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 I think it's just that I'm more willing to accept, like, and and not shame women for, you know, kissing up to men to get them to carry heavy things for them (laughs) if they're totally stupid enough to do so. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to dislike her for that. Well, it's also fine because she's still a Predacon right now. Yes, there's that, too. I feel like Tangled Web is the only episode we've had so far this season that could <clears throat> conceivably be viewed as the same level of quality we got last <clears throat> season. Everything else has just been leaps and bounds better. Yeah, if Tangled Web is the bad episode of the season, yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs>